The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to Mind Body Pause with Charlie Kale, holistic living for you and your animals. You found your happy place to nurture your connection to animals with enlightening information from the innovators who make their world a better place. This is Mind Body Pause on Empower Radio. Now, here's your host, fellow animal lover, Charlie Kale. Welcome to Mind Body Pause, holistic living for you and your animals. Thanks for being here. This is show number 32 for the love of ferrets with Megan Mitchell of Angel City Ferret Club. I'm Charlie Kale, a passionate dog and cat mom, broadcaster, and Reiki master and practitioner in San Francisco at Energy Healing for People and Paws. I do distant healings as well as in person because energy transcends space and time. And that's all on my website at charliekale.com, C-H-A-R-L-Y-K-A-Y-L-E.com. This is your safe place to honor animals, where we'll nurture our connection to them mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and metaphysically. My guest is a fugitive from justice. She's an L.A. outlaw who harbors a dangerous animal that is illegal in the entire state of California. If you call adorable, playful, affectionate ferrets dangerous, then she is guilty as charged. And thank God for angelic little outlaws like Megan Mitchell. She founded Angel City Ferret Club in 2015, working to decriminalize domestic ferrets in California through respectful, informed, and gracious advocacy. In just four short years, she has helped ACFC meet with six state legislators, gain support from celebrity veterinarian Dr. Evan Anton, and has tripled the organization's membership. Welcome to the safe zone, Megan Mitchell. Hi, thank you so much for having me. That was quite the introduction. I appreciate it. <laughs> How does it feel to break the law and snub your nose at it? I mean, it's it's wild that this is what it is. Uh, you know, I grew up in Georgia where they're legal pets. And so coming to California, it's either leave your pet behind or sneak it in. So and 10 years ago, I snuck it in. Leave no pet behind. Absolutely. So before we even get to why ferrets are such precious, lively, loving little creatures, let's find out why the hell are they still outlawed in California? Right. So the, I mean, the basis of the law is uh, when the Fish and Game Code was written in 1933, um, Ferrets were left off the exemption list. Uh, and so, you know, dogs and cats were put on the exemption list, but ferrets weren't. And in the 30s, um, you know, animals were more working animals. The view of people have towards pets is differently today than it was back then. And so the law just hasn't evolved as the way that pet ownership has. And there's a difference between uh, domestic ferrets and then the, the ferrets out in the wild. And because domestic ferrets are not wildlife. Correct. Yeah. So um, there are native to to the United States, there is a species called the black-footed ferret um, that lives in the prairies, is endangered, uh, and there is a, you know, very enthusiastic um, rescue group or, I mean, organization working to rebuild that population. Those animals are completely different than domestic ferrets, the one that you keep in your house as a pet. And domestic ferrets actually do not live in the wild. They are only bred by breeders to be pets. 
And so they've been domesticated for like two, over 2,000 years. Yeah, there are estimations, you know, anywhere from 2,000 to 3,000 years that these pets have been, um, you know, that this animal has been used as a pet. And so it has a nice long bloodline of domestication. And, you know, back in like the 1600s in Europe, you had to be royalty or really high up in the church to even own a ferret as a pet. It was like a status symbol. Oh, like cats in Egypt. Yeah, it was it was a very special thing to be able to own a ferret. Well, it is a very special thing to have a ferret grace your life. They are so fun and lively and affectionate and they like having little otters. Yes, totally. I think, you know, ferrets are a lot of people confuse them with like a rodent or a ha- you know hamsters or other small mm-hmm. mammals but they're in their own separate family they are cousins to otters weasels like they are engaging curious um kind of little troublemakers so if you like a pet that keeps you on your toes like they <laughs> are such a good option and for me i grew up having every pet you could possibly have and ferrets are the pet for me they just fit the best with my lifestyle i do love dogs and i do love cats um, but because of my career and things that i do like they don't necessarily work so well but ferrets are just like i met one and for the last 14 years i haven't had another pet besides a ferret They are precious. So I've had three ferrets in my past life. Um, I don't have any here in California now. I mean, I live in San Francisco, so I'm not breaking the law. But you know what? I would. (laughs) I definitely (laughs) would. And I, again, growing up, as as you, had every kind of animal there was. And ferrets just burrow a hole in your heart that they curl up in and stay in. It's just amazing. <laughs> just like they do to the underside of the couch. <laughs> but... Oh my gosh. Yes. They, you know, like you say, every nook and cranny, each ferret is so different with their personality. They each have their hiding place that they prefer. They prefer different bedding, different toys. And each one is so uniquely different. None of mine have ever been remotely the same. Um, And so it's just really, they're such an engaging animal and they, you know, learn their names. You can train them. They use a litter box. They sleep 18 hours a day. So like me, I'm in the film industry and I'm on set for a very long time. So I can have a pet without being neglectful with a ferret. So like a dog wouldn't really, you know, have the best life if I had one as a pet. And unfortunately, my husband is allergic to cats. And so ferrets just work out fantastic. You know, I let them out in the morning for a couple hours before I go to set, let them out when I get home. They sleep out of the cage at night sometimes, but they're always there to greet you when you get home. They want you to play with them, engage with them. Um, A lot of the times, instead of watching television, uh, my husband and I play with our ferrets. And it's just, you know, everyone understands how important the human animal bond is and how having a pet can improve quality of life. And this is just all that is, is it's a way to improve your quality of life. And they make you laugh like no tomorrow. Yes, they are so goofy. Um, you know, someone, <laughs> I, I believe a, a veterinarian I've spoke to once described them as like goofy, floppy, cat snakes um (laughs) and that's exact they're just quirky as can be um and i think that for everyone i mean i think their nicknames people call them cat snakes or carpet sharks or um you know slinkies fur slinkies like there are so many weird little nicknames that people call or fuzzies or even another nickname for ferrets um and i think it just goes to show like how unique of an animal it is 
Oh, they are. And, and I want to reiterate, they do use the litter box. Yes, it's so great. It really is great. And, you know, some are more difficult to train than others, but you just, you learn their personality and what works for them. And like, you know, if they can use a litter box in their cage, or if you, some people let them free roam um, all the time. And in that case, like you find the area, they always naturally go to the bathroom in a corner. So if they go to the same corner, they're creatures of habit. So you put a litter box there and you're good. Um, You just have to kind of, you know, work with your animal to get you guys set up in the best routine. So true. So um, the first one I had, she free roamed and she was amazing. She used to ride around my neck on my shoulders. She was my live fur, which is the only kind of fur I have, either a live fur on my shoulders as in a ferret or fur all over my clothes from my animals. (laughs) It's the only kind (laughs) of fur I'll wear. And we would would walk into stores, obviously not food stores, but we would walk into little shops in the town I lived in at the time. And you know, you know, there's Charlie and her ferret. It just, and of course, I had a little leash and a harness for her for times when she couldn't run on my shoulders. But she was so affectionate. She would sleep in bed with me and she'd roll up in a little ball, sometimes under my chin. And it was just the sweetest little thing in the world. She was amazing. Oh, that was. You had a you had one of the elusive, super snuggly ferrets, which I'm super jealous of. Um, <laughs> I've only ever had four ferrets, and so I haven't had that opportunity to get a super snuggly one. I do have, I have had one that loves pets. Um, he loves a morning massage, like you know, 20 minutes, full body back rub, shoulder rub, so let you groom his face, um, and it's pretty cute to watch happen because he like appreciates it too. Why you pet him, he'll lick you and. <sighs> It's a very cute bond um, to have when you like figure out like, hey, what does what kind of interaction does your ferret, you know, enjoy the most? And you guys, you know, they'll come and ask you to play with them. Like they'll get your attention. They do things that are like, OK, I want to play with you now. Um, and it's really it's really fun uh, to have them as pets. They always keep you on your toes. And as you mentioned, their personalities and characteristics are so unique. I don't believe any of mine ever slept 18 hours a day. Oh my gosh. I have, I, I mean, that's the consensus is like, naturally they're very sleepy animals. So like, especially if they're free roaming, they do get up and walk around more and they'll like pop out in the middle of the day and, you know, for like 20 minutes, scuttle around the house, look for kibble, look for a toy, see what you're doing, kind of go back to bed, you know, under the bed in a closet in their cage, wherever they've chosen to be the rightful place to sleep. Um, But it's, you know, as a pet owner, you know, I have found that because of their sleep schedule, it's the best pet for me to like have something engaging. Oh, yeah. And I always had other animals with them. I either had uh, I always had cats with my ferrets and sometimes there was a dog. Sometimes there would be a lop eared bunny. So maybe (laughs) because there were other animals to play with and they all played together always. So maybe because they were more active or more up up and around more and then slept harder when they slept because there were other animals up and around. Oh yeah. Constant stimulation. I mean, the more, if we take them somewhere new um, or like I take lots of road trips with my, with my ferrets, they have a travel cage. We've gone to Utah, to Idaho. We've driven all the way across the country back to Georgia. Um, They're great travel buddies. And when they are exposed to a new environment and the more stimulation they have, 
they just, they love it. They love exploring new spaces, getting acclimated, finding out what's new. Um, so yeah, I definitely think that them living with, um, other animals and species, uh, and being more interactive would spawn them, you know, being more awake. Yeah, I'll bet. And some ferrets are even service animals. They can detect seizures and they can provide emotional support. Correct. Yeah. And that's, um, that is a plus also for having them as a pet because in places like San Francisco, Los Angeles, high density population areas, someone might not be able to have a dog or again, might be allergic to a cat. And since ferrets also don't bark or meow, they make very little sounds. Um, they're a great alternative for uh, apartment living. And so it's another way for people to have that emotional support or, um, you know, if they do need, you know, them for medical use as far as seizures go, it's just another way to help humans have the best quality of life. And this is a great animal that you can create a loving bond with and that can also service, you know, their owners by being helpful. I'm talking with Megan Mitchell, founder of Angel City Ferret Club, to help legalize ferrets in California, or should we say decriminalize ferrets in California. You can find out more at angelcityferretclub.com. So let's talk about your club. You started Angel City Ferret Club, the friendly, fun ferret people of Los Angeles. So there are other organizations working to legalize ferrets, but some of them are a little less civil, a little more in your face about it. And I, I agree with their message, but I don't always agree with uh, tactics when you push yourself on other people. Um, you're different. And why do you say you decriminalize ferrets rather than legalize? Right. So um, Angel City Ferret Club is a newer organization, and we have put together our message of respectful, informed, gracious advocacy with the help of our like political allies that we've been lucky enough uh, to meet over the last four years, uh, which are you know a handful of lobbyists, past legislative staffers, and um, people with national animal organizations that have effectively changed laws in California. And so when we went about trying to figure out how to do this, we listened to the people who have successfully changed laws before. And that really shaped the way that we um, advocate for domestic ferrets in California. And that's what led us to decriminalizing domestic ferrets. Because when you're talking to someone about the issue and you're like, we want to legalize our pets, it sounds a little frivolous. Um, not saying that it is, but when you say decriminalize, it, you know, to someone who doesn't know about ferrets or know about the issue, the word decriminalize it carries a stronger weight with the issue. Um, and they instantly realize that there is a penalty for having these animals in the state. And the penalty right now is a misdemeanor. You can be uh, fined up to $1,000. You can get up to six months in jail. And the pet can be confiscated. And in the best situation, it gets shipped out of the state or handed over to a wildlife rescue. Uh, and But the state ultimately has the right. They can euthanize the animal since they are illegal. Oh, that is heartbreaking. I Yeah, it's I've, you know, heard from people who um, have had their pets confiscated by the state. Oh. I have heard from people. I got a call about a month ago on a Friday night at 10 p.m. from a girl whose neighbor saw she had a ferret cage when they were moving and called and reported them. And, you know, she didn't know what to do. And I, you know, of course, just tell him like, well, ultimately, that's the risk of owning a ferret in California. 
any personal relationships that go negative, you can easily be reported. If someone knows your name, your address, and like that you have a ferret, they can be reported and animal control can come knock on your door. And it's there, you know, there's not a top secret ferret investigation team sitting at the Department of Wildlife, you know, investigating who has ferrets. But the problem comes from you know, relationships, personal relationships, and it's always someone reporting someone else. And it's a really mean way to get back at someone. Um, it's a brutal way. That is so cruel. Right. It is It is ultimately cruel. And so people, some people don't understand ferrets as an animal and they're like, but it's just a ferret. And you're like, but how would you feel if your dog was taken, if your cat was taken? Because it's the same type of bond that you can have it's just they they get just um, as solidified as members of the family and it's so important for like the pet community to understand that this isn't a ferret issue it is a pet owner issue because ferret lovers are pet lovers they're not criminals and in the grandstand of the whole state like if cats and dogs were not written into the exemption of the fishing game codes their pets would also be able to be confiscated. But since they are written in with this exemption, you know, they're protected. And so that's what we want. We want the same protections. And that's why it's important for us to decriminalize, you know, domestic ferrets, because we believe in, you know, responsible ownership. We want people uh, to be able to adopt ferrets that need to be rehomed. We want people to be able to know they're safe taking their ferret to the vet because there is a law that protects them. In 2003, there's a wildlife law that protects uh, wildlife from getting medical care. And since in California, ferrets are considered wildlife, you can legally take your pet to the vet. But many people don't know that. And so, oh. right. And so changing this law would improve quality of life for ferrets and ferret owners through vet care, through, you know, reducing use of government resources because you wouldn't have shelters and people, you know, enforcing this law. It could potentially, you know, add revenue to the state through permits. Um, and also, California is supposed to be setting the example of what it is to be um, a, a great state in the country and how to treat animals. And they're really falling behind on the ferret issue. Um, but we do think that with meeting the right groups and the right people, um, we can advocate positively for change and we're finding that it's working and you have uh, people uh, members of angel city ferret club all across the board you have veterinarians who are members vet techs wildlife rehabilitators ecologists animal rescuers professionals in the tv and film industry military teachers law enforcement and of course students and professional and retired professionals but so it's all across the board of people who adore ferrets, have ferrets, and are a member of Angel City Ferret Club. Yes, definitely. This is, you know, and when it comes to the ferret issue, you know, politics in California is complicated. We're the fifth biggest economy in the world. Uh, politics here carry a lot of weight. Um, and there are things like homelessness and health care and immigration that are very serious issues. And we're not trying to take away from those serious issues, but every two years, 4,800 bills can be introduced to the legislature. And we believe that one of those can be for domestic ferrets. Um, and this issue is a fun issue. You know, it's not political because there are Republicans, there are Democrats, there are independents who all own ferrets. And if they don't own them now, they have owned ferrets or they like ferrets. And there are people on all sides of the aisle who want to change this law. And so, 
it really helps is that it's really not political. It's just fun and misunderstood. And so we really want to um, be able to show people that, that, you know, you can do something to help Californians um, and it doesn't have to be such a, a complicated, difficult situation. How can people help you? So right now what we have is we're running a petition on our website at angelcityfairclub.com for California residents to sign. Um, and what this does is that we know what district you live in uh, based off of the information provided. And so when we meet with legislators, we're able to go to this petition and it's not public information. It's only the officers of the Angel City Fair Club have access. And we go to these meetings and we're able to say, hey, there are 60 people in your district who care about changing this law. And that's what gets their attention. So because each legislator cares what, about what people in their district want changed. And so when we can show them there are numbers behind the movement, they listen to us. And so right now people can sign the petition. Again, it's on our website. We also have a get involved page, which is, um, it shows you how to get involved, which is the petition. You can share factual information because a lot of people don't understand domestic ferrets as pets. Uh, so we have a fact sheet that's available. We also um, have, I'm trying to think what else we have for people to get involved. Oh, another thing we're collecting are letters of support. So if you know anyone who's been affected negatively by this law, we're asking people to just write a letter explaining what happened to them and what their situation was. We're getting letter supports, letters of support from veterinarians, from wildlife experts, um, and from other people who can help support the cause because they have credibility. Um, we're also um, asking animal organizations to come on board and support us um, and kind of really forming a coalition of people and organizations that want this law changed. Yeah. I guess you can't actually bring the ferrets into the, into the Capitol building. Can you? I mean, if we could bring ferrets with us, this law would be changed by now. I feel like, uh, because the second people meet a ferret, they love them. They're like, this is the weirdest, cutest, strangest animal. Like, why is this animal illegal? But since we can't, you know, safely bring them out to advocate with us, um, we have to be informed and, you know, make people understand our message through, um, you know, giving good information. Yeah, because by being a member of the club, you're outing yourselves as having ferrets, right? Well, no, not necessarily. In 2015, oh, when I started the club, I didn't own a ferret. Okay. Um, yeah. And there are plenty of members who don't own ferrets. Maybe they own them in the past um, or maybe they want to get one. And that's why they're in the club. And so, yeah, by signing the petition, you're not saying you own a ferret. You're saying that you stand with the people who want to change this law. We have people who are just dog owners and cat owners who have signed. And the idea of their pets getting it taken away, you right. know, really upsets them. So they sympathize with us and they sign and they support it because they get that this is impacting people. And confiscations are actively happening. There oh. have been several in Los Angeles so far this year. Um, and again, it's always, you know, an ex-boyfriend or a coworker, someone who's been reported. Um, very rarely, uh, you know, does an escape ferret fall into the wrong hands, but sometimes shelters pick them up. And so what it really is, is we're trying to make sure that, you know, if, if you're a ferret owner and your pet gets out, you can't call for help. And we think, you know, that's awful. You should be able to call animal control and tell your neighbors that your pet got out, but you can't. So you just kind of have to 
frantically look around for your pet. And that's why we want to change this law, because we think, you know, ferrets won't hurt wildlife in California. There have been two studies over the last 20 years um, that have shown that in North America, ferrets have no impact on native wildlife. And we think that by bringing them into California as pets, they're already here, actually. There's right. estimated between 300,000 and 500,000 ferrets living in the state. And so they're Whoa. already here. I know. <laughs> They're already here. They're not hurting the wildlife. And we just want to make it safe for ferret owners and for domestic ferrets. I want to be part of the Underground Ferret Railroad for people in San Francisco to know if they need help. I'll I'll help them. I don't have any ferrets at the moment, but I want to again in my life because they just bring such amazing joy and and zest for living. Yes, I, I so agree with that. They are such wonderful pets. Any last thoughts that you'd like people to know? Um, I just want everyone to know that ferrets are great pets. We're not especially crazy and wild organization. We are fun and we want people to enjoy working with us. So anyone um, who wants to get involved, reach out to us. We can put you in contact. If you're not in Los Angeles, we know organizations all over the state. If you want to just meet other ferret owners, check out our you know, Instagram, our Facebook page. It's a great way to connect because ultimately at the end of the day, we need all the ferret owners of California and all the ferret enthusiasts to come together to change this law because we don't have millions of people or millions of dollars. So we need a friend in the legislature and that we make friends by being kind and respectful and thanking people for their time because we understand that they're ultimately helping us at the end of the day. Absolutely. Thank you, Megan Mitchell, founder of Angel City Ferret Club in California. Find out more about angelcityferretclub.com. And thank you so much, everyone, for hanging out with me on Mind Body Pause, holistic living for you and your animals. I'm Charlie Kale. Check out my Reiki business, Energy Healing for People and Pause, for in person or distant healing sessions for people or animals at charliekale.com, C H A R L Y K A Y L E.com. You can find past shows there. You can find past shows on my page at Empower Radio, and you can find past shows on the Empower mobile app, as well as all the apps, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcast apps. Special thanks to Brent Carey, the CEO and founder of Empower Radio, and to Remy Smith back at the controls of the studio in Detroit. Take care, and remember, no matter what's going on with your animals, don't beat yourself up thinking you could have done better because you're doing the best you can. They know it, they chose you anyway, and they love you for it. Mind, body, Pause is a guilt-free zone. See you next time. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network, and wherever you get your podcasts.